Hello there, and welcome to the Average Pundits Podcast. I am Reese, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy this week's uh, very special edition of the Average Pundits Podcast. Uh, we don't have Joe this week, unfortunately he feels a bit under the weather, but we have two very, very fulfilling guests with me. On my left I have new Average Pundit guest, Alex. Morning. Oh, <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and we have returnee Spurs fan sam good afternoon so how, how's everyone's week's been you know it, it's been a while since, since sam's been on the podcast obviously new you know new addition to alex yeah lots changed since the last come on yeah change manager at spurs change manager and new studio we are we're, we're currently sitting in a random studio and i don't like it the setup's weird so i feel like we should get underway with uh with some with some premier league results uh talk about the weekend just gone uh game game week uh 16 i think so we are gonna start with southampton versus west ham uh obviously west ham getting an away win against uh against against southampton one nil uh haller getting on the score sheet uh he's he, he's he hopefully starts to hit his form soon west ham he, he hasn't really proved himself as a, as a top signing for west ham uh, at the minute no nah. He started off lot quite well, and he just started to go back downhill. I think it's just as West Ham crashed the form, his form crashed as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's definitely a player in there, but um, I think he needs to start justifying the big price tag that they paid for him. But like I said, there is a player in there. They just need to utilize it. West Ham haven't been performing as well recently, so I think if they they pick up, then Haller's form will pick up. I mean, yeah, like you say, West Ham's form isn't really. Um, you know up to scratch and it probably does show that with their with their marquee signing not really hitting the ground running as such you know west ham are 15th in the table at the minute uh they really need to start hitting some form if they don't want to be in that relegation battle at the end of the season uh the next game that we're going to talk about uh some would say maybe it, it, it was shocking with villa's runner form as well uh but then again sheffield united are actually uh you know they, they are very very good this season they're seventh in the league uh, beating Aston Villa 2-0 uh, John Fleck with the double uh, it was it was all a game for Lundstrom at this point Lundstrom was all over the pitch in this game he was fantastic yeah I think I think really missed a great chance as well with the penalty as well absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. I think watching the highlights Villa they kind of held out well for for the first half second half just completely Sheffield and what by the way what that Ollie Norwood is yeah I think he's such an underrated footballer I think he makes Sheffield United good at what they are. I think their midfield is just fantastic. I think it's a joy to watch. I really he, do. He loves to run around the pitch. No one does. Like yeah. he, he, he's their captain for a reason. And he, he just is a personification of what the Sheffield United team is doing at the minute. An underdog, an underdog story. You know, they're seventh in the league. They're above Wolves and Arsenal, uh, who are both very you know big teams in their own right. Um, just behind, well, I mean, the level on points for Manchester United as well. Um, Sheffield United this season have just come out the gate. They, they've done what West Ham should have done, basically. They've hit the ground running. They've, they've taken it all in their stride. It's a championship squad that's before, out, outperformed itself massively. It shows what a great manager Chris Wilder is. Just touching on Villa, though, I think they actually, they're, they're, you've seen their next three games, Watford, Southampton and Norwich. They, if they need to, if, you know, if they win them three games, they they look like pretty comfortable. But I think they need to be taking a minimum of six points from them. I, I was think... to say if they take all nine from them, 
then they are within the reach of Wolves, you know, Arsenal, Crystal Palace. They're in that bracket of being able to come up to 25 points. And then they're out of that relegation battle. It's going to make or break the season, really, isn't it? Well, if well, they lose all three of them, it could be Curtin for Dean Smith, really. Absolutely, yeah. Got, they've spent quite a bit of money in the summer. They've got some good quality players in the locks of Grealish, McGinn. Cape base is a good team there. They've got to be performing better than a relegation battle, I would think. Um, but yeah, uh, next game we're going to go on about uh, quite, quite, you know, the end of uh, Leicester's winning streak actually. Uh, one all versus uh, Norwich. I, I, you know, it was at um, at the King Power Stadium as well. Uh, Tim Krul's own goal, but then um, Pookie opened the scoring for Norwich as well. So Pookie scored three and four. Uh, you know, in their last couple of games. So. He's starting to again hit his form that he started at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's starting to find his uh, beginning of the form season. But Vardy uh, wasn't able to break his record though. No, it looked like he'd scored, but then they gave it an own really goal. good result for Norwich though. Oh, absolutely, uh, Norwich were fantastic in this game. You you can't say that they. You know, I mean, Leicester probably you know, bat, you know they had more of the possession, but yeah, you know, I like to say that possession doesn't necessarily. I don't, I don't think games. it was like a robbery by any stretch no. of the imagination, though. I think I think Leicester didn't really deserve that win. I think they, they that's the poorest that they've played this season. I reckon since that Man United loss. I'm still yeah. not like I'm. Sorry, I was just touching on Norwich again. I'm oh, still yeah. not convinced that they are good enough to stay up, but it looked like they've stringed some results together, so they yeah. look like they can make a bit of a fight of it. They could they could make their relegation fight and they might be able to get up to eighteenth um, or or even seventeenth. They might be able to push out if if like you say if, if Aston Villa do lose these three games in a row, if Norwich do are able to get points from they've Aston some, Villa. They've got some decent players in there though. That, that Campbell I think is a promising young player. Yeah. And Pookie obviously there's a chance that if he can find his form, they could get some goals that can see him get. Good goalkeeper as well. Yeah. Tim Krul. I know he scored an own goal, but there wasn't. A fat lot he could do about it yeah tim t t tim crawl is a very good goalkeeper and i think he is showing that at the minute but um, he's keeping that farming out of the team and he was yeah. like number one at schalke for years in germany i'm just gonna say this i'll edit this bit out would you mind lowering that a bit so you keep coming in and out for some reason and i'm not sure why is that right now yeah it should be uh let's turn it slightly what, what was that saying yeah mic free it's fine it's just going a bit weird and in and out test it again yeah, it should be fine. Hopefully, might well just get a bit closer to it. But then again, I'll edit, I'll edit this bit out. Um, next game that we're going to talk about: uh, Bournemouth surprising victory against uh, against Chelsea. Yeah, they seem like a bit of a bogey team for Chelsea. Bournemouth, they always have since they got promoted. And yeah, really, I think a result that Eddie Howe actually really needed, to be quite honest with you, because Bournemouth looked like they were going down that slippery slope towards the relegation zone. But you know, it's starting to look quite testing for Lampard at Chelsea now you know the the honeymoon period it looks like it's coming to an end and they've got Tottenham at the weekend if yeah, I'm right they've got they've got Spurs at the weekend and if Spurs win we overtake them into fourth meaning that since Jose's come in Chelsea would have blown a 12 point lead in just what, six games he had to get that in did you? Jesus. <laughs> just, <laughs> just had to um but yeah but Bournemouth you know it was it was it was quite a good goal as well that, you know Gosling uh, was was able to slot it past the uh, another VAR. It was class. it was yeah you know VAR <clears throat> a very controversial topic that it is and we'll probably get to that more in an, in another episode. But like Ramsdale played a very big part. Very in, good in, goalkeeper in, in 
in Bournemouth winning. I think he's got a shout of the year in squad next year. It, he perhaps, do, he, perhaps not starting, but in that squad. I think he's going the, for the experience, I reckon. We're talking of English goalkeepers. We've got so many to choose from at the minute. We've got Henderson, Pickford, Pope. We don't we've need got, dinosaur arms, now, do we? We've even got Forster, who's doing really well up in yeah. Scotland as well. I, I reckon we've got a very good choice of goalkeepers. Like, I mean, Pickford's time might be might be drawing near to an end because he's not the greatest at Everton at the minute. I mean, they're 16. Like if 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 we if we want him to come in, and uh, you know if if we want if we want to keep it to come in, and do a job for us, we need something that someone that's been playing well day in day out, you know, in the Premier League, yeah. rather than just in the in in tournament situation. I know he had a great World Cup. Uh, I think he's one of them that throws playing for England. He's one of them that plays better for international than club level. Yeah, like like um like a Ramirez did. Yeah, yeah. when he was playing for Chelsea. Um, it's it's just he's just one of those players. Um, next up we got Burnley against Newcastle. Bit of a dull it was. game. I mean, what do you expect for two teams that just like to go out there and scrap? Uh, Burnley and uh, Burnley taking the the you know sort of a cheap one nil win. Uh, I mean the the result that Sean Dodge needed. They you know they are uh, they're not really struggling. They're the you know the mid table at the minute. They were starting to go a bit slippery with. Uh, Obviously, getting smashed five 0 last week. Yeah. Spurs and Obviously, then... Newcastle's renaissance coming to a bit of an end. But I'd like—I don't think many people expected this game to look be a, a plethora of no. goals. I think you would have predicted a draw or one 0 all the way at most. Absolutely, you don't really predict. Still, it. think two teams that will just be good enough to be clear of any s yeah. uh, sort of relegation. But you know, no Saint Maximum for Newcastle in that showed as well. Yeah, no, uh, you've. <laughs> You know, Burnley coming off three losses in a row, uh, and Newcastle also coming off an unbeaten run of three games. You sort of expected it to go the other way, maybe a goal from from the defence. That's that's the that's sort of the topic you know that Newcastle are bringing at the minute. They can't really score with their attackers. Their attackers brought one goal within the last well, since they signed. Uh, Jolinton hasn't really hit the ground running at all. I hate to use that phrase. Across that front three, they've got to convert two goals between them. So exactly, the, one of them was against Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the, both these teams have potential to stay up. They're they're currently. I think they both will. Relatively, the, you know, respectively, they're the, the sitting eleventh and twelfth at the minute. Um, Newcastle are on the same points as Arsenal uh, at the minute, so which which says I don't know which says which team that says a lot about whether it's Arsenal or Newcastle. But you know, they're doing both both as you know good and bad as as each other. But um, I mean, that that'll tell. Yeah. Uh, next game, uh, a result that I was, I I wasn't necessarily pleased about it because I was going into that game, you know, expecting us to absolutely hammer them. But uh, Liverpool uh, beating uh, Watford two 0 Yeah, I thought I watched I watched every kick of this game, and I thought Watford actually gave a very good account of themselves, and uh, you know, they look like they're going to make a fist of it under Nigel Pearson. He's the sort of manager that's going to, um install a fighting you know he's a bit of he's a hard bloke you know he, he's going to install the fighting mentality in Watford they're not they're going to go down with a fight but touching on Liverpool uh really important for them when they didn't play well to get the free especially going into this you know break where they're not going to be playing you know where the other teams have the potential to catch up with them and then Leicester away is the next game as well mm -hmm. yeah I think I think we are living now in a Scenario where I find it very hard that Liverpool don't win the league. I think they've got to be very careful though, Liverpool, because 
many performances like that against teams with more quality than Watford, you could get found out very yeah. quickly because that there was so many times in that game that Watford had chances to score, but just they're lacking the confidence in front of goal cost then that game yeah. and it all led uh, to the downfall. You know, Liverpool had enough. Liverpool, you know, you, know, you won two and then you had an off day. And how, how, how many times in the last, what, two years can we say Liverpool have had an off day? Yeah. So they don't come around often. Yeah, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, I mean, we, we pretty much dominated the game, but then when we were in possession, we were nervous with the ball. Um, and obviously, that, there was that time that Virgil van Dijk almost kicked it into his own net. Yeah. He, you know, he passed it back to Alice, uh, to Alisson and he just wasn't there. Uh, he'd moved off his line. So, a um, few shaky bits of that game. Perhaps, but... you know, a little bit of arrogance maybe on Liverpool's part, thinking they're going to turn up and palm what for the side and, you know... Watford, I think, might get this new manager bounce on the Nigel Pearson. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think I thought that they, they played leaps and bounds better than what they have been doing, uh, you know, under Nigel Pearson right now. So uh, hopefully they, the momentum can. You know, they've only got nine points at the minute. Uh, I don't think Nigel Pearson wants to go down as having the Watford side that has the you know joint worst you know points tally of the Premier League history. So <coughs> uh, next game, well, we're going to move on to Sunday's games now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Going to move on to a uh, uh, Manchester United uh, drawing against uh, Everton. Now, Victor Lindelof's own goal was quite, you know, unfortunate for him because obviously VAR are coming in as well. Did you guys think it was a foul on De Gea? I don't think personally, but I could see, I could, I could see the arguments for why it was this loud or shock that it was given because, especially with VAR, it seems to award, reward defenders more than attackers. So I was shocked that they they allowed it. I think it's it's one of them that in another game it does get given, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It, de- it all depends on what ref turns up on what day. Definitely. But, uh, you know, you, Mason Greenwood having to step up for Manchester United again. Sort of that Manchester United figure. That is, They're starting to rely quite heavily on the youngsters, which is, yeah. is quite worrying for... A team that has spent so much money over the past few years. Yeah, exactly. They've spent like a combined like three hundred to four hundred million. Outrageous fees, but then someone to come through the academy, you know, and providing goals. Just before we move on, one major talking point from this game <laughs> was uh, the decision to sub on Moise Keane and then sub him pretty much straight back off. What What did you make of that? Um, um I, I personally think. I understand why Duncan Ferguson did it because if you watch how Moise Keane plays in that short cameo, it's for a team that was fighting for a point, or possibly three, and to go out there and just perform like that, I couldn't understand why he dragged him off, but it was still it's a young kid in front of millions around the world and you just hung him out to dry and you've potentially just stalled his career even more. Yeah. As yeah. if it wasn't struggling enough for Everton. I, it it, it hasn't worked, has it, for, for, for Moise Keane at Everton. And I think, you know, it, it could be one of them where he could, you know, Ancelotti, an Italian coming in, could revitalise yeah. him, but if not, it looks like one of those that probably could end up, the, you know, the loan being terminated or something like that. There's this on. Yeah, this on I, thought it, I thought he was on yeah. loan. Yeah, Sorry. It was a permanent. Yeah, he, he, but he it, was, does, he it a doesn't a minute scream a January eighteen month loan or something like that where he eventually yeah. just never buys for Everton again. Yeah, yeah, goes, I thought he was on loan. Goes to a French side or something, you yeah. know, like a Lyon, and it goes and tears it up. Comes back to Everton, 
I mean, it does. It is hard to to come to the Premier League and 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 start, you know, performing well. So, for for him to not get the chance to actually do that is is quite you know bad. Right. The uh, the next game that we're going to talk about, Arsenal's thrashing, uh, get getting their uh, getting their behinds given to them by Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling scoring very early on. It just shows that the defense is not on on par, you know, not to scratch at all. I was gonna say it's some really good finishing by De Bruyne, but it was still just appalling from Arsenal once again. That defense is honestly, it's a relegation sort of defense. It is absolutely atrocious. I think you know what the negativity surrounding that football club at the minute. It's just I could and I could see them honestly finishing bottom half. I, I, I would put money on that. It's it's just embarrassing. You know, you find it quite funny, obviously, being yeah, a Tottenham fan. It's but hilarious. <laughs> you know, from a neutral point of view, that's this is the worst Arsenal team Absolutely. I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I think, you know, it looks like Arteta is going to get the job and I just can't get my head around it. I really can't. I... It, it is puzzling. I mean, it, it all the problems do point to that defence. I mean, he said Kolasinac got subbed off in the fourth. Did he get? Did he pull up with an injury? Yeah, or? he was injured, so there was. So yeah, they got Tierney injured as well. Kolasinac injured, so yeah. they left for majority of that game a young. Young Saka. I mean, they didn't concede for the rest and, and, uh, for the rest of that. Oh, that's because Manchester City didn't. It was get out of. It was yeah. like a training game for City in that second half. It was. It was like a training game in yeah. all aspects. You know, there was barely anyone in the ground. Yeah, it, it was just. I think I saw a video of that. Railway bridge at the Emirates at half time, and literally so many people walking walking over it. It did. It was just Man City just pratted about for the second half, really. Yeah. And that is, you know, it's heartbreaking to see Arsenal, you know, a club with such heritage that's like it's it's struggling. It's it's a dying club at the minute, and they need sort of like a resurgence to come back and 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 get rebuilt. I from think they're the hoping up. with Lundberg to get that social bounce that United had last season, yeah. but it just hasn't worked out at all. It's been quite I mean, appalling. He's had you know four, three, four games right now. Yeah, uh, he, he's not. Well, he, you, he, sorry, if you take on. the Europa League and the West Ham game, you know they just they didn't lose them games off the back of ten minute spells where they looked all right. Yeah. So you know they've been a tra- they've been as bad as under Youngberg than they were under Emery. You know they went to West Ham and won, but West Ham are on that dreadful Three run. Four. I think anyone could go to West Ham and get a result. Yeah. And then, you know, standardly age, where they got bullied for pretty yeah. much 90 minutes, and I don't know how they managed to get themselves back into that game. I was going to say, it's, I think standardly age needed like a 4-0 win to go through, and they went 2-0 off, and it was on, it was looking at one point, or Arsenal caught actually, and not throwing it away, but obviously they've got enough quality going forward to get themselves out of that sort of hole. You, you, do, you do think, where would they be without Aubameyang and Lacazette? Yeah. Um, I mean, they've got an ageing Aubameyang right now, so like, I think, they've got to, I think he will leave in the summer. He has soon. to. Yeah. They've got to can Ozil as soon as possible. Yeah. He needs. I think that was Wenger's biggest mistake, giving Ozil so much money. Yeah, I mean, giving Ozil money and then he he's just not gonna he's he's not gonna leave. So for, for them to have done, yeah, I, I like you say it, it, a, a massive mistake from Wenger. Um, uh, final game on the Sunday, a game that probably Sam is very keen to talk about. Uh, Jan Vertonghen's late winner against Wolverhampton. What a goal from Adama Traore, though. Yeah, that was a stunning it strike. Was, there's a couple of good, 
Oh, I thought the goals were quite good. Like Lucas Morris. Lucas Morris was he danced around that wall. Dancing defense. around the Wolves defence like samba. Manages to find the smallest space in the near post and smashes it in. I'll uh, I'll let Sam touch on the Spurs perspective, I think that's any fair. I'll talk about Wolves and I thought how well they played. I know they didn't get the result. Yeah, I thought that they played really, for the large majority of that game. Jan Vertonghen was really struggling at left-back against the Dharma Traoré, as I'd imagine most players' defenders are this season. <laughs> One player I would like to touch upon uh, is definitely a Dharma Traoré. Oh, uh, what a player he I is. I think now he has got that end product in his game and he, I think he could leave Wolves and go into another top six, well... Would you call Wolves a top six side? I think if I think Wolves are one or two big signings, a defensive signing, and maybe another midfield player away from Champions League football. I think Wolves could. Uh, sorry, Adama Traore could definitely go in into like a Chelsea. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think that would be harmful for his career. I you think know, he you found look, a bright spot of Wolves. Yeah, you you look at you look at the Wolves side and they're building around this young. Young core of players, they got Ruben Neves, Adama Traore, uh, Jota as well. And Raul Jimenez, they've got some um, really, it's a really, I mean, it's a really strong squad. And I, I personally believe for Wolves, they're a dark horse for the Europa League. Absolutely, I reckon they are getting far because they've got that sort of set they're such up. a They're such a pleasure to watch as well. Hmm. I thought, you know, every game you don't watch a game with Wolves and it's boring, they, exactly. I just think, you know, they're, they're such a good... And then Adama, I've always said, you know, if he finds a bit of end product, you could have a player on your hands. He's found that end product, and yeah. what a player. And he's getting in the Spain squad now, so that says all that you need to say. Yeah, he, yeah he's found his place. He's, he's constantly improving on his end product. But for Spurs, you know, I think that was like your archetype of Joe's day performance, really, wasn't it? Yeah, there was there was uh, perhaps a few times this season where we'd struggled to get that result on the patch, but... I mean, you probably in. wouldn't have got it on the yeah. punch. There was a few times, usually, like, typical Spurs mentality, you can see that equalizer, you're thinking, oh, God, when's that winner coming? Gazzaniga comes up with a big save at 1-1. Yeah, that and was then, a good save as well. Obviously, from the last bit corner, Christian Eriksen has been taking horrendous corners <laughs> yeah. in his cult time. Manages to pick a free Amberton at that post, nods it in. Eriksen and Latongan linking up. Probably the one criticism of Wolves, for me, was... They, their defense was all at sea for that for that yeah. goal. They, uh, the marking for that corner was was abysmal. I, I have no idea where where their defenders were. I mean, they're playing Romain says at, at centre back at the minute. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a midfielder along yeah, along with Dendonka as well. Yeah. They're both midfielders. They're leaving Connor Cody, uh, you know, to to captain two midfielders to play defense. Yeah. I mean that that it's a credit to them that they only managed to concede two uh, against uh, against Spurs. I yeah. mean Lucas Moura. That goal was fantastic, to be honest. Um, probably one of the goals of the weekend, barring one of the Kevin De Bruyne ones. Yeah. And that, that maybe that Adama Traore goal as well. Mm. Like, but for this Wolves, like they, I think they are one de- like big defensive uh, signing away from maybe getting that big spot in the Champions League. Maybe they get, maybe that fourth spot. But I think that was a big three points for Spurs because it means that we go into that Chelsea game next week. Yeah. Three points behind. I'm really them. looking forward to that game. A better goal difference. It, sh- it should be a really exciting game. You, Jose's first game against Chelsea. They're always they're always good games between Spurs and Chelsea as well. You know, you obviously got the the Hazard one that won Leicester the league. You've the got Battle the one the bridge. 
You've got yeah, you got the one at, uh, at Wembley the other season as well. They're always they're always good watches. Chelsea v uh, Chelsea v Spurs. I'm really really looking forward to just sitting down and watching that game. Yeah, it's going to be a very good like fun game, especially with the with the result that it could potentially get. You know, Spurs they were mid table. You know, the beginning of or at the end of Poch's reign, Jose's picked them up and they could he could take them into Champions League qualification. Like, you know, it just shows that is the type of manager that that Jose Mourinho is. He's absolutely fantastic as a manager. I doubted him at Manchester United, but uh, maybe that period of uh, Jose Mourinho is still yet to come. Um, next game, there's not really much to talk about here. You know, Wilfred Zaha uh, and and Mo Pali scoring both for uh, Crystal Palace. There is one thing I would like to say actually, and I think it's going under the radar of how good of a job Roy Hodgson's actually doing. Yeah. Um, you look at Palace's squad last night and it was Fred Vare. They had to start Reed the World who hadn't started a game in like over a year at left back. And I know a one one draw at home to Brighton doesn't seem a great result, but Roy Hodgson's made Crystal Palace hard to beat and I just think, you know, they're not Crystal Palace are not gonna go down. And with a bit of investment, I think they could potentially push for Europa League qualification. That's a bit of a bold shout from me, I know. I mean, they're ninth at the minute. They are, at the the moment, three points away from Spurs, depending on the results from from the next game. If Chelsea do beat Spurs and Crystal Palace... They've got Newcastle on Saturday, so... They beat Newcastle. They're on the same points as Tottenham Hotspur at that point. They could be either a place... Very close behind. in that little area, isn't it? There's a lot of teams who are just points away from Yeah. So, like, yeah, I just wanted to point out, big up Roy Hodgson. <laughs> yeah, Roy, I, I was I was saying this in a, in a Weatherspoons uh, in the summer. Roy Hodgson's a good manager. Roy Hodgson is a good manager at clubs like... And this, is no, this is not me trying to put them down. Clubs like Blackburn, Fulham. Yeah. Crystal Palace. He, well, he's not good at big teams. No. Oh, the the England, England job and the Liverpool job, they were too big for him. And also... Uh, Brighton as well. I think Graham Potter's doing a, a it was a bit of a yeah. risk to get rid of Chris Hewton. Uh they took that risk. I was actually one who was quite critical of getting rid of Chris Hewton. Uh but Graham Potter now he looks looks like he's doing a good job. And again, I, yeah. I can't see Brighton being in any real danger, to be quite honest. No, again, like the the thirteenth right now. Neil Mo, so. Neil Mo Pye as well, that looks like a really good sign there. Oh no, yeah, honestly. He seems what, to be scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. Hard team to beat as well. You know, not many teams go to the Amex and Play Brighton off the park. Exactly. So yeah, that th- that is your uh, weekly roundup of the uh, the Premier League this week. Uh, we shall have a graphic from mine and uh, Mr. Brody, who unfortunately is not here. He's bottled it. He has bottled it. He's uh, he's he's a bit under the weather right now. Uh, so yeah, they they will be going up on our social medias on Instagram at Pundits Average and Twitter at Pundits Average. It's backwards because Twitter doesn't like me. Anyway, moving on to my favourite segment, guys. It's the hype train. So. Um, for those listening who don't know what the hype train is, we saw some players that have been suggested to us uh, onto a carriage of uh, uh, you know of this hype train. So the first one is poor, uh, then average, prospect, star player, and world class. Uh, there's a few players up for debate today uh, that could go absolutely anywhere. Uh, the first player I'd like to offer from from our Instagram suggestions, Richarlison. I think it might be a controversial one, but I'll put him as star player for Everton. He is their star player at the minute. I think he's one that could. They'd be very happy that he's signed a new contract because I think there's a lot of teams that would look at him and say, if he's scoring goals in a team that's struggling as much as Everton have done while he's been there, imagine what he could do in a team that's not struggling. Sorry, what are the so what are the five brackets again? So you got poor. He's not poor. Average. He's not average. 
prospect? I'd probably say prospect for Richarlison. He's okay. still relatively young, isn't he? Yeah, so, I've, so I've got a deciding vote. Deciding vote here. Um, he, he is a very good player. I mean, he is still young, like you say. Um, I still think there's more to come from him. I do. I do think there's a lot of it, like that. He, he needs to build on a lot. Like it's, he, he, he needs to build on his attitude a bit. Maybe mature as a, a bit as a player. I think there's but there's also then, that Theo Walker argument of is he a winger or is he a striker? Because there's been a few times where he's gone up front mm. and then there's times when he's looked better coming from the wide which is what Walcott struggled with in his early part of his career is that he didn't want to play yeah. in the wing or up front which is what I think stalled him quite a bit yeah I th- I, th- I do think that he needs to find out where he's going so I think what you had with Richardson as well they spent a lot of money on him and I think that was kind of weighing down his confidence exactly, yeah. there was a lot of weight on his shoulders but now I think he's starting to get into his stride I'd still class him as a prospect for the time being Come back to me at the end of the season. Yeah, I was gonna say we, we are going to have a massive rejig of the uh, the high train and big episode at the end to see where we should put all the players. Um, the next player I have for you guys, Riyad Mahrez. I think that's definitely a star player. Star player, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't really argue with that. Riyad Mahrez is absolutely brilliant at the you know, at this point in his career. He's brilliant for Leicester. And he, I mean, he was a bit shaky at the start of his, uh, uh, at the start of his Manchester City yeah, career. We've got a few big goals for him last season. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he was he was quite close for the. Well, I mean, not quite. He was in like top twenties for the Ballon d'Or nominations. So. It was under the radar how good Riyad Mahrez actually is. He is. As you say, he was crucial in uh, Algeria winning the Africa Cup of Nations in the summer. He, he what? Well, yeah, he he is one of those players. I think it's because he plays for Manchester City now. He, yeah, he you know it kind of just. He's not a star player for Man. You wouldn't say he's a Man City star player, no. would you? But he is a star player individually. He's that good. Put him in any other team in the Premier League, bar Liverpool, he'd be the star player. Oh, without a chance. Put him in the Chelsea team. Put him in that United team. And I think that says a lot about how good Manchester City and Liverpool are. Absolutely, they are. At the minute, they're a class above everyone else. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Riyad Mahrez in our squad. That's that's for sure. Maybe. I mean, unless we were to move him into into the centre and put him into a central attacking midfielder role, like the creative playmaker of yeah. our team uh, just behind Firmino I think that'd be where we'd put him if we were to have him but again it wouldn't be the star he'd be the guy that makes the goals rather than scores them oh yeah that's the uh, that's our, that's our hype train segment um, so we're going to move on to a very interesting topic that you might see by obviously the thumbnail and the title uh, quite you know we're coming to the end of uh, end of the decade guys are, are, are we feeling old so Very. I, know, I know I am. I'm out of my prime. <laughs> I think we've all been out of our prime for some time, lads. <laughs> so we left it, we left the club at two last night. Yeah. That's definitely out of prime. Too old. I mean I leave at one, so I am I'm way past it. I'm nearly <laughs> I'm nearly twenty one. This is horrible. So so we're gonna go through each Premier League team currently in the Premier League and see where they were ten like at the beginning of the decade in the two thousand and nine to two thousand ten season. Where they finished in two thousand ten, uh, so I guess we, I guess we start with Liverpool. You know they're, they're top of the league at the minute. Um, we, I'm pretty sure we. It had, was rough. Rough uh, last season, yeah. So. And that was like the start of the decline for Liverpool, wasn't it? Was. it? That was you dropped out the Champions League that season. I think that was the season Spurs. Yeah. Because for years in the Premier League, your top four was. Every season, Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Spurs come in and broke the mould, got Liv- dislodged Liverpool from the top four. Rafa left, and then you know Roy Hodgson. A few years of 
watch Pain for Liverpool. Absolutely. They were the dark days, Roy so Hodgson. For each team, I'm going to give a prediction of where they where they finished. Whereabouts do you think Liverpool finished that season? In the 0-9-10 season. Yeah. They, if I'm right, were in Europe the season after under Roy Hodgson. Did they finish fifth? Si- oh, no. No, sixth. I'm going to go sixth. Sam? Seventh. Sam got it correct. They finished seventh. Uh, so they finished behind another team. So, yeah, this was the decline. They finished seventh. They won 18 games, drew nine, and lost 11. This was a real heavy decline for Liverpool. This was a very dark period. Uh, obviously, Manchester City, who we're going to move on to next. Uh, it was the start, like, almost That was the start, when they got the money. Splashing the cash that, everywhere. The 0-9-10 season was, if I'm right, the season they signed well, Adibayor, Tevez. Yeah, the, it was the first... Because the f- season before, it was like, spent money, but not a lot big-name players. But yeah, that was... A, they had Rubinho. They bought in the... Big players. Yeah, they, they then they bought. Yeah, like you said, Tevez and Aboyor. So, uh, where do you think Manchester City finished in the 0 9 10 season? They finished fifth, just behind Tottenham. They finished they did. fifth because they lost to Tottenham Hotspur at the Etihad. Yeah, they Peter did. Crouch winner. I mean, Manchester City. They they did well, seen as where they came from. Basically, you know, the beginning of the decade. They this decade, arguably, you could say Manchester City had that decade. Had this, this decade. Been, every team has that. Decade, which is their prominent one. And this what I find absolutely crazy, though, you look at that, and was it Mark Hughes who was Manchester City manager yeah. at the start of the decade? Now yeah. they got Pep Guardiola. It's just, it, it, it's crazy. Like maybe that's going to happen to. I mean, Charlton Athletic in the Championship right now. <laughs> are they going to have that meteoric rise because they've just got the richest owners? They are now the richest team apparently. Like they've got the richest owners in the world. Have they been bought out? No. They've been bought out. So I'm pretty sure it's. I'm not sure if it's related to Sheikh Mansour, but it was the team that tried to buy Manchester United and Newcastle as well. So he was looking for a for a club, and he's he's finally found it. So maybe we'll be, you know at the end of this decade we're going to talk about the year, you know, the decade being about Charlton Athletic. What I will say though, you know, you say Manchester City had this decade, but I certainly think they could have won more. Yeah, there was. Because they had them mass- seasons and them under Manchester was it the season after they won the league where Manchester United. It was that typical. They had two seasons. The Pellegrini other than his first season was a massive flop in my opinion, and obviously Mancini after the title win and the Wigan Cup final loss. And Pep's first season was I think that was a bit of a exactly. transitional. Yeah. So next team we're going to go on about <clears throat> Leicester City. So they are currently. I mean they're currently second in the Premier League table. Um, where do you think they, these guys were? Leicester in the 0-9-10 season, they lost in the playoffs in the championship to Cardiff City. I remember that because these are the heady days when my team, Coventry City, uh, used to have a massive rivalry with Leicester. And obviously the two teams have just... Yeah. 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 And a rivalry uh, that went one way. And it was yeah, it definitely. And uh, I used to dread playing Leicester, to be quite honest, because we always used to lose to them. But I remember they lost to Cardiff in the playoff semi-finals in the championship that season. Uh, yeah, they they were in the championship, but what place do you reckon they finished? They finished sixth. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say fifth. Sam's nailing him on the head today. He's oh. on. He's on. He's on a roll. Mystic Sam as well. Fifth under. Uh, it was under Nigel Pearson as well. So Nigel Pearson bringing them that's up eventually. That's had arguably the biggest change. Wow. Yeah. And Andy King is still there. <laughs> <laughs> how, 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 uh, you know, with this time, have, have has Andy King been able to stay at, at Zach for such such a long time? 
Uh, so next we have fourth place, Chelsea. Where were they in the 2009-2010 season? They won the league. They won the league. Yeah, but that did. is arguably a team that has, alongside Arsenal, might be potentially the biggest decline. Yeah. When you compare it to the start of the decade, they was winning Premier Leagues, fighting for Champions Leagues. Obviously, they won a couple more. But they still won three Premier League titles this decade. But then, following that last title win, it's been seriously downhill for Chelsea. Like, yeah. they're... I think their ambitions have changed because you think of over the years Chelsea were always like one of the teams you'd say but now you're like oh they'll get top four that shows that perhaps Ramovic is losing interest in it I think that's just you know I think Manchester City are what Chelsea were Manchester City are Chelsea of the 2000s now and I just think you know Abramovich is obviously a really rich bloke but I just don't think he can compete with Manchester City I think yeah, I just think, you know, and then Liverpool, I'd probably say they're not as rich as Chelsea, but they've spent it wisely. <laughs> Chelsea yeah. spent a lot of money on, you know, you could argue flops. Yeah, they've had a whereas like Liverpool's recent signings have all been very good, but Chelsea have a re- tra- amazing history of just flop after flop after flop. strikers is their yeah. main motto. Since Drogba, they haven't been able to bring in a good striker. They're just, Chelsea are one of those clubs where it's... From the outside looking in, it's ran like a bit of a shambles, but they yeah. always manage to get by. They get through managers. But it works like, for them. But, it, yeah, I, you know, they, they just don't suit longevity. No. So we're going to go for Tottenham Hotspur next. They're I'll, let, the I'll let you talk about this one, Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's and, been a uh, bit of a, bit of a weird decade. There's been... I mean, you lost you lost Marky Sine and Gareth Bale as well. There was obviously, on the red nap, there was... Many highs up qualifying for the Champions League that we did that season for the first time in yeah, I think it was like fifty years. So yeah, that was but it was a, a massive, a massive achievement, and the run that that was that was great. And then obviously we spent years out of it, and then Poch came in. That was when it all changed <coughs> round yeah. for the best. It was it was a very it started very very high for Spurs and then it went down and now we're on and up again. Well, I was gonna say it was up, after down the, and then it what was it, like it, down up. for the AVB Sherwood. And the yeah, come in, found all these gems in Kane, your Deli Alleys. Yeah, managed to get the best out of Ericsson, sign his son. Absolutely, yeah, the Belgian son. What it says about Spurs though is how much they've changed of a club is that you know just finishing fourth at the start of the decade was seen as like this massive achievement yeah. Yeah. which it was it was and now you know it's just if they don't finish in the top four it's a, a bit of a shock that first obviously that first run that first time we Champions League was like oh we're here whereas yeah. now it's we want to compete like obviously reaching the final in Madrid last season did you reach was... the final in Madrid you never mentioned <laughs> that no, was... I don't know what happened after that Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, football ended on the uh, 8th of May that year. <laughs> After Lucas Moura scored, there was no football play- played again that season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only it had gone the other way. I think we, I think we'd be making jokes the other way. I'd be absolutely in tears right now if that had gone the other way. But all I remember is there's a, there was a penalty, and that was it. It was never a pen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another argument for another day. So um, a team that uh, you know are, 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 are arguably. I had one of the worst downs ever. Manchester United. It was just yeah. They finished second. In, they finished second in 0 and ten. Yeah. Uh, it's been a disaster. So, yes, arguably yeah. Since since Fergie departed, it's, yeah, it's, it's a been a shambles. Points of obviously winning the FA Cup with Van Gaal, Mourinho's 
treble. Yeah, the Europa League. Um, League Cup and Community Shield. It's 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 not been pretty for Manchester United over this past. Obviously, they've found a lot of a lot of gems, and they've spent a lot of money. Uh, they brought back Paul Pogba. They've they found Marcus Rashford, uh, and all these young players. They signed Martial back in twenty sixteen as well. So it's been a it's been a weird season. What I will a, say, a weird, a weird decade for them. What I will say about Manchester United is for me, um. The warning signs were actually there at the start of the decade. You know, they lost the title to Chelsea in 0-9-10. They then won the next one. Then lost it. Against lost it against a Manchester City, and I think they blew like a, an eight-point lead to Manchester yeah, City. And I think that season, the 11-12 season, the Aguero season, was the original season that Ferguson planned to leave. Yeah. And then they lost the title in such a fashion that was, you know unheard of for Manchester United uh, Ferguson did not want to retire on that he then extended for another season and uh, you know that I will say is one of the poorest Premier League winning squads going yeah. the 12-13 Man United one and I think that says a lot about Ferguson how good of a manager he was that he managed to actually win the league with uh, yeah it was a bit of a boring season that yeah. one because Manchester United steamrolled the title without actually being good Exactly, yeah. They 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 didn't have a very good side at that point, did they? No, it was actually... aging Van Persie, no, aging Rooney. Exactly, aging Fernando Vidic, Evra. Wasn't it wasn't a young De Gea. <laughs> Exactly, a young De Gea that's just gone off. But yeah, I think uh, for Manchester United, I can't see him. I actually can't see him getting back to where they were under Ferguson for a long time because that says a lot about how good Alex Ferguson but was. The argument, with, my big argument with Man United is they've only ever had two really successful periods. Under both Matt Busby and Fergie. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't. I don't think I could. Spatner in the works. So. It, I mean, they they haven't had another successful manager other than those two, have they? No, there's like, not they... really been any that have. So, uh, from Manchester United, we move on to a, a club that probably we didn't expect to be talking about probably at the beginning of the decade. Sheffield United. They were down in League One, I believe. Then. No, no, no. Sheffield. I think, uh, obviously. We were in the same league as Sheffield United then, and I think 09-10, they didn't. I think they just finished mid-table in the championship, and I think they actually got relegated the season after. Uh, but again, obviously, I'll talk. I'm going to talk about this for a while because being a Coventry fan, we played Sheffield United a lot in League One, and they were always that club that shouldn't be in League One. They were too big for it, and they just couldn't get out. Uh, they had Nigel Atkins in the 15-16 season, and. They were horrendous. I think they finished bottom half. And then they appointed Wilder and haven't looked back. What a job he has done. He is an absolutely fantastic <laughs> manager. Um, without a doubt, he is that club, if that makes any sense. Yeah. There's a lot of players that... In, there's actually quite a few players in that Sheffield United squad that were playing for him in, down in League One. And that shows the job that Chris Wilder's done to bring them up from League One to the Championship, which... Could argue this might be a step up too much, and to win to go up from automatically last season in the championship, and then to just not just everyone was like, Oh, Sheffield United, they're guaranteed down, and they've came up and just exceeded everyone's expectations. I think even Sheffield United fans' expectations, yeah, honestly. What I, I like about them is everybody writes them off, everyone, yeah. every, even in the championship, everyone was like, Yeah, it won't last, <clears throat> they won't go up, they're not good enough to go up. Then they got up, and it was like, Yeah. You know they'll get a few good results, but they'll they'll go down. And I I think Sheffield United now the start they've had, 
the results they've got, it's given that much of a platform. I find I, I find it very hard to envisage, even if they go on a bad run, Sheffield United being in any sort of trouble. Exactly. I mean, at the minute, they're they're in that 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 point where they are <clears throat> in potentially finishing the Europa League spot. Where, whether it will last, you know, to next season or will it last past Christmas, no one knows. But obviously, they're in a good run of form at the minute. Um, who knows where it's going to go? So. Uh, the next team I'm going to bring to you, uh, a team that's actually had a really weird decade as well, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wolves were in the Premier League in the 09 season. was their first season, first back. They obviously went down in 2012, embarrassingly bad that season. Yeah. And of course had that drop down into League One, which if you said to a Wolves fan they dropped down to League One where they'd been now, they would have laughed at you. Yeah. If, if, if you'd have said to a Wolves fan at the beginning of the decade that they would be eighth place, Probably fighting for Europa League football by the end of the season. Fighting uh, European yeah. football as it is already. Exactly. Into the knockouts of the European football. If 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 you said to them they they would have a former Champions League captain, like a, a captain a captain from the Champions League, yeah, they'd, they'd again they'd laugh at you. They've had they've got Portugal's number one keeper. They've got a Portuguese midfielder that's been you know that's got like some of the most career uh, caps for the for the country. Yeah. There's some absolute. I, they've got one of the most promising players in Adama Traore in the Premier League at the minute. Absolutely brilliant. Like their their season's got like their decade has gone from right down here, and they are they they're living their life right now. They are on a roll. They're they're hitting the the form of the the, the best form that they have they've hit. Yeah. But uh, you know who who knows where this wall side like I say the they are one or two maybe three signings off, like a big signing like a creative midfielder. Yeah off maybe pushing for that Champions League place and then you know full rebuild from there they could do a Leicester at this point I yeah, I, I do think it's very possible they could do so uh, yeah they, they, they were in the Premier League at the, you know they, they, they were 15th uh, so next team uh, Crystal Palace Crystal Palace I remember this uh, stayed up on the last day of the 09-10 season in I think they went to Sheffield Wednesday away and I think the winner of that game stayed up and the club uh, was in like crippling financial state at the time and then that's when uh, Steve Parrish came in and took over and they managed to get up under Ian Holloway and then you know you fought in that 13-14 season when Crystal Palace were in the Premier League you know they looked dead and buried uh, Pulis come in kept them up obviously he left but you know, since then, Crystal Palace haven't really looked like going down at any point. And I think they're now an established Premier League club and a well-run club that spend within their means but manage to stay up. And, <coughs> yeah, I think, like I said, what what a job Hodgson's done. And his predecessor before that, Pardew, he got onto an FA Cup final. Obviously, it ran it, it ran its cause. I don't. I don't think I can, you know, disagree with anything that you've just said. There, they are. Uh, they are one of those clubs now. They were what Sunderland were for for so many years, and what Newcastle were for so many years. They are that staple club that are finishing mid-table. That I mean, heartbreak when they just won't ever. They don't ever seem to be in real yeah, trouble. Yeah, no. Down. I, uh, my, you know, heartbreak when when I think about Cristambal. You know, yeah, the, the game that we threw away. Uh, to to not win the league at that point. A team as well, Crystal Palace. That I don't think many of the top sides enjoy 
playing. No, they. I have always said that Crystal Palace are our bogey team. Crystal Palace is Liverpool's bogey team. Like no one enjoys playing them. Um, they used to obviously last season they had Wamba Saka. He was an absolutely outstanding player for them. They've obviously got Wil- Wilfred Zaha, who started, almost started the decade at Manchester United. Uh, I'm pretty sure he went to Manchester United about 2012. Came um, went back to uh, went back to Crystal Palace to to play throughout this decade. So it just shows the the importance that Wilfred Zaha has, has, has put across to to. to Crystal Palace. Can I just ask, was a right? Did Palace stay up on the last day of the season? They did. Saying, yeah, they did. They they finished twenty first. Then they drew two all with Sheffield Wednesday. No, he's got his championship knowledge today. He's got his championship on. You want to do a championship episode? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I could go for hours. So, um, one of the next teams we got is Arsenal. That's a team that's had a disastrous. Absolutely. Probably the worst. Could yeah. you argue? I mean, where they are. Now, compared to where they were, absolutely. But they're 10th now. Where did they finish in the 2009, 2010 season? 4th, 5th, 3rd or 4th. Yeah, just ahead of of, uh, Spurs. Well, not just. They were five points ahead of Spurs, but one place place in front of Spurs. Uh, Honestly, we could be talking about this lot for half an hour, really. They've had an absolute... Dreadful. Absolutely, yeah. You can't. You, there's not a lot you can say other than it's just gone down. The here. one season, I think, you look at for Arsenal. Uh, you look at the, well, in fact, no, there's two. The thirteen fourteen season where yeah. they were top at Christmas, yeah, uh, and they just collapsed. They then scraped the top four, which again, you know, that's just Arsenal. And then the fifteen six season, fifteen sixteen season, the Leicester season, where everybody says that. Tottenham threw away the league. I would argue, say it was Arsenal who threw the, threw the league away more. That you know, they were the only team to actually they did the double on Leicester that season, didn't yeah. they? Uh, like I said, Arsenal should have won the league that season. They didn't. Arsenal mentality just drop off. Uh, so you know they've come out of this decade with what two, three FA Cups, two FA Cups. Yeah, it's just been it's been a disaster. Yeah, yeah, I. I... Arsenal are one of those clubs that you thought were gonna maybe win another Premier League this decade. Like you just thought it. They were they're a massive club. You thought Wenger would have at least wanted one more it's before. Like, it's like if you th- if you think to when they finish the season unbeaten, they had Leicester on that last day and Leicester went down. If you were to say to any fan who in that ground that day who'd be the next team to win the Premier League, if you'd said Leicester are gonna be the next team in that game to win the Premier League, they would have been just laughed at. Yeah, and the whole the whole stadium would have been absolutely just up in a, in a roar of laughter um i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some some very interesting teams right now um that are currently in the premier league that because there are a lot of teams that aren't currently in the premier league so there are two more i believe no through two or three more teams that were in the premier league so i'm gonna go for everton where where were they where did they finish the 2009-2010 season? Is it eighth? Oh, yeah, around that. Yeah, they finished bang on eighth. It was like a your generic Moy season. They didn't really do anything. Yeah. It was just there. Everton is such a weird team. Yeah, they They're were just, this decade. They, it's like, you know, they, what can you say about Everton? They've, like, had, some, they've had some hard, <coughs> they've had some hard points, obviously. First, Di Matteo, no, Di Matteo, Martin a season when yeah. they... 
just about missed out on Champions League in that 13-14. I, I, well, I don't actually know what to say about them because they just they want to break into this top six, but it just seems like the amount, no matter how much money they throw, uh, it, they're never going to do it. You know, they've wasted. Remember that season they had Cumin and they wasted God knows how many million on number tens, you know, Klassen, Rooney, Sigurdsson. Yeah. It, it, uh, Everton, it's a. I don't even know what to say. They're just a bit of a. <coughs> I mean, that, that that season saw, you know, Everton having Louis Sahar and he's scoring 13 goals. You know, Louis Sahar was a, still a big player then, you know, coming off from Manchester United going to Everton. Um, you know, the, the the and then throughout the decade they've they've got they've just got those goal scorers, and I think they got to a point after they sold Lukaku. There's they're just not, they've not recovered. They they tried to get uh, you know Czech Tolson, uh, Moise Keane has seemed to be that pr- replacement, but he hasn't had any game time. They don't bring him on. Like, what's the point of? Spending... But they bring him on and take him back off. Exactly. <laughs> they don't. They they. They don't give time to a player that they've spent thirty million pounds on. No, I think Everton as well. They'd have probably wanted a trophy this decade, uh, oh, yeah, like a cup, and they haven't managed to do that. So they've had a bit of a, I would call it a bad decade, Everton. Yeah, if, for if, what if, they want to do. If we were rating decades, you know, it's obviously they Everton's had the takeover from Mashiri, and they wanted to break into that top six, and they just haven't done it, and they haven't come yeah. close. Speaking of uh, speaking of takeovers, a team that were were taken over this decade and. Wanted to challenge for Champions League football. It was, you know, West Ham United. Um, did they get relegated in the nine yeah, ten the, season? The season after. Or the season out. after? Yeah. Uh, again, another really weird decade for West Ham. I think. Um, they were that, you know, they lost their biggest asset, West Ham, this decade, which was their stadium. Yeah. It was such an intimidating place to go. You know, I don't think anyone enjoyed going to Upton Park as a visiting team. Uh, they moved to the London Stadium. Uh, they went, yeah, they went. They did go down at some. Yeah, they went down. Yeah, they went down to the yeah. Got themselves up through the playoffs. Had Sam Allardyce, um, and then Allardyce kind of just established them back in the Premier League. And then they wanted to push on from Sam Allardyce. They appointed uh, Billich, and for that season, the last season at Upton Park, West Ham were fantastic. I thought they were uh, pushing for like, Champions League. Billich had them no. playing some really good football. Obviously, Dimitri yeah, Dimi Payet was uh, absolute. Uh, he was so good. It was so fun to watch D- Dimitri Payet that season. But yeah, West Ham again. I think they're a bit like Everton. They'd have probably wanted a trophy, but yeah. for what they want to achieve, they haven't done it. So I'd say it's been a bit of a bad decade I think for West Ham. Uh, up to Park, it's just been absolutely atrocious. Yeah, it's been up, so poorly run. You know, Upton Park was one of those places, like a historic ground. Like, no, none of the fans wanted to leave that place. And I, I remember like watching a video of like some of the fans taking the seats that they've like sat in for the, like for the past like five, ten years. Like they've had the season ticket and sat in the exact same seat at Upton Park, and it just shows what that ground meant to the fans. Yeah, like the the atmosphere I that mean, was always there. I don't spe- well. I don't suppose if you've been to the London Stadium. I've no. been, and it is not a football ground. It's not. It's, it's not a nice place. No. to watch football. No, it's 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 not. Uh, and the final team that I'm going to say uh, from from the 2009-2010 season, Aston Villa. Uh, it's been if it's been after that season when. That was when it started to go wrong for Aston Villa at the start of this season, decade. They had a good season that season. They were pushing yeah. the. The that was O'Neill's last season yeah. in the 0-9-10. And then O'Neill left, and since then it's just been really downhill. I picked up last season under Dean Smith and finally got him back into the Premier League. After. I I forgot how good Aston Villa were at this point. How where do you reckon they finished? They finished sixth. sixth. They finished sixth. 
and yeah, you know, Aston Villa, they were, again, you know, one of the, I think, probably one of the best teams outside the top four at the start of the decade. But then, uh, when O'Neill left, you got the feeling that Aston Villa being relegated was sort of inevitable. Yeah. There you sometimes know. they just stayed up while they skipping the team. Yeah. They, we, Christian Benteke kept them up for three seasons, really, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, was it two or three? Yeah. Once you get rid of the players, like, I mean, Bonnehaw got just... Stop wanting to play football. They got rid of John Carew, James Milner, and Ashley Young. Both dipped Stuart off. Stuart Downing. Stuart Downing also left for for, for, for Liverpool Darren as well. Barry. There was so Fabian they had a really strong team at the start of the decade, and then it just all. I think it was this season that Gareth Barry went to Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, what went to Man City? Sorry. So uh, at, this, at this point as well, they still had Emil Heskey, yeah. uh, who who scored three goals that season. And then they had that disaster of a summer where they lost Ben Teke, lost ben, Delph. Yeah, they lost every and they lost everything, they just didn't get it back. Uh which inevitably But credit to Dean down. Smith. Uh you know he got them back up, back where they feel they belong and you know he, he, Yeah, they're back in the Premier League that they, they they are a staple of Premier League football at this point and I mean they're not really showing it with their form. They're they're, they're currently seven They could easily go down, don't they get could. me wrong. Uh, I don't think they will. I think they've just got enough. But um, yeah, like I said, it's been another team where it's been a really. Could we have one team weird. that had, had a disastrous of a decade from that season? Sure, Alex will enjoy this. Sunderland. Oh, Sunderland! That's yeah. A team that has had I was. I was gonna. I was gonna list off those teams that aren't currently in the Premier League. That, so we can start with Sunderland. They have Sunderland had team. It was a very good team. That, that was the season they had Steve Bruce, wasn't they it? Had Darren Bent. Darren Bent scoring. Obviously, that infamous beach ball <laughs> the goal. The beach ball goal. Ah, oh, it haunts me in my dreams. So, you think about that Sunderland team. If you used to tell them, any Sunderland fan at the end of the season, they had a really good team, looking good. If you're going to say to them, at the end of this decade, you will be mid-table in League One, looking like you're not even going to make the playoffs. You know, like... It's been a horrendously run. Horrible. Um, again, you know how I said with Aston Villa, you got the feeling that they they were sleepwalking to relegation. It was inevitably going to happen. You did get that impression with Sunderland. There were so many times they just stayed up on the last day or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, they had, uh, they've had they've had some, you know, very weird players as well, you know. And Controversially, Adam Johnson as well. Yeah. Chad Evans. I think, you know, the, the as soon as they lost Sam Allardyce to... The England job, you you thought that was Sunderland's time, and it then was, it's it just it's gone from like one disaster to another, and now they're sat in mid-table, which is a massive shame. I mean, yeah, my went... heart really does <laughs> go out to them. It really does. They finished mid-table that season, and now they're finishing mid-table two divisions down. So it's quite hard. Uh, another team that aren't that, that aren't currently in the Premier League, but they finished mid-table as well. Birmingham City, they they finished ninth that season. And then obviously the following season, they had the ultimate high of winning the Carling Cup. Yeah, uh, but the, yeah, the first was it the first relegated team to win it. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Oberfemi Martins coming. A team in. that shouldn't have gone down, in my opinion. A team that was too good to go down. Yeah. Well, not well, not too good to go down, but yeah, a team that shouldn't have gone down, in my opinion. And and then they haven't recovered since. Obviously, you know, they've they just had, had they had players on astronomical wages. They got relegated. Yeah. Couldn't uh, afford Nikola, it. Nikola Zigic was, was one of those players that just. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't up to standard. They just had like, relegation scrap after relegation scrap. It's a miracle. Other it looked like Blues at some point were going to go into League One. Like, they were going to go into administration. Yeah, yeah. and so, then you know, it, but the season they had, they were really good. They were really good. They were really good that season, if I remember yeah. rightly. They had Joe Hart on loan as well. And yeah. I don't think you know many would have envisaged. I thought I thought Birmingham then would do what 
like a Crystal Palace now and kind of establish himself as a mid-table team. Uh, obviously, sure, Blues got relegated. Two thousands, they were that yo-yo team. Yeah, West Brom up and West Brom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the last team I want to mention from this 2009-2010 season that currently isn't in the Premier League, um, Portsmouth. That's yeah, that's it's like whenever you think of the, you know, the back in the day, it's always Portsmouth. You know, you think of uh, you know the, 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 they were finishing mid tables constantly. Very old. They they won the they won the uh, league cup as well. FA, FA Cup, FA, FA Cup, won the red yeah. But that uh, was another one where they just again the they had players on these like astronomical wages, couldn't afford it. I had to let them go. It, so um, there's a uh, one more team as well that you know who have had and we haven't actually mentioned them yet. They've weren't in the Premier League that season if I remember rightly, but they've had such a weird decade, which is Newcastle United. Yeah, they won the championship that season. And, you know, obviously, Newcastle United, that is, it's too big of a team for the championship, really. Yeah, uh, especially with their, you know, millionaire, billionaire owner, Mike Ashley. And, well, once you, once they come back up, you'd never expect them to go back. Mm. Uh, back obviously, yeah. Newcastle this decade, two seasons in the championship. Obviously, it seems to be the thing with Newcastle that if they do go down, they do tend to, like, walk the championship yeah. and get themselves back up. But I think, you know, it's just... If you'd have asked a Newcastle United fan in the 2000s that they'd just be scraping to yeah. stay up in the Premier League, they probably would have laughed at you. Just with, and obviously, that one highlight this decade of the 11-12 season with Apaji when you had Kaboy, Ben Arthur, Denver yeah. Bar, Cissé, Foreign and all cylinders. Oh, that, those Cissé goals. I mean, Denver Bar, can we not mention him, please? Uh, <laughs> again, you, you look at, you know, the Newcastle team that got relegated... Uh, in fifteen sixteen under McLaren, Wijnaldum, so Sissoko, Wijnaldum, who both went on to play in a Champions League, and then Florian Tovan, who now gets in the France squad. It's yeah. just again mind-boggling to see that Newcastle has uh, provided so many um, good players, just yeah. not playing for them. Yeah, yeah. and when you, when they got Benitez, you thought, you know, this is it. Newcastle could could make a push. Yeah, but then obviously it seemed like Mark Ashley doesn't want to give him it the seemed money like that they he were wanted. putting heads like Mike Ashley just didn't they just seemed, it just seems so confrontational as Benitez left he goes and gives Steve Bruce of all people 40 million on a striker a lot of money on a winger to give not give Rafa Benitez a European Cup winning manager and everything but not give him the funds but give Steve Bruce one thing I will say, I think what I think Rafa Benitez wanted too much control. Yeah. For for Mike Ashley's liking, yeah. you know, obviously Rafa Benitez having control is not a bad thing, but it's too much for Mike Ashley's liking. Uh, but it looks like Newcastle are going to see the decade out in the Premier League. I can't see them going out. No. This and credit to Steve Bruce because he come in, no one really wanted him, uh, and he's kind of just got his head down. Yeah, he's done a good job of it. He's taken this Newcastle team and he's he's trying to he's trying to find. He's made them hard to, to beat. Exactly. You know, he, you looked at the Leicester game this season and you thought. Wow, they're they they're doomed. Yeah. But in all credit, that was a turning point, and yeah, they look like they're going to stay up. I mean, you hope so for all Newcastle fans. I mean, yeah. the other half of my family are Newcastle fans, so you know, hoping for them. But uh, if if you were to name a top three of the decade, who would it be? Like, what teams would be in that top three? What the best three teams? Best three teams of this decade. I'm gonna. You've got to say this Liverpool team and this Manchester City team, haven't you? Mm -hmm. And then another one, but. I would actually say, uh, so my top three would probably be Manchester City of the recent few years because they won the Premier yeah. League. 
back to back with record points both seasons. Yeah. Liverpool currently, and mm-hmm. then uh, a controversial one from me. Sam definitely won't agree with me, uh, which is Chelsea of the sixteen seventeen season. Yeah. Which I think the way they won that league goes under the radar because up until this Manchester City Liverpool dominance was a record, wasn't it? I think it was too short of the record Mourinho set yeah. in his first stint. But yeah, Conte uh, in that first season I thought was fantastic and I would actually go as far as saying they were one of the best teams of the decade. So Sam, what would, you, what would your top three teams be? I think it's obvious that you've got to go for the back-to-back City winning teams. And then you can't really look past this Liverpool team they have won a European Cup. Yeah. But I think much as I don't really want to say, it probably has to be Chelsea. Oh. I'll, I'll split between that 14-15 or the 16-17. Yeah. Because that was your most Mourinho season, that first 14-15 was. Yeah. Because he just bored everyone to win in that league. Yeah. Uh, One thing we haven't said though is Leicester of I, the fifteen sixteen season. I was just say me well, giving my top oh, my, the first name out of my mouth is going to be Leicester City. They have got to be. Opinion, that team is not as good as this current. No, team. absolutely not. But I think that would they struck gold at a perfect time when United were in three or four. Chelsea obviously had a disaster season. City was at the end of Pellegrini's reign. Liverpool was end of Rodgers, start of Klopp, so it wasn't. Fully functioning club team. You can't take it away from them though. They won the Premier League when yeah, they had no fantastic. Role. It was. It just came all together at the right time. One, if we've got time, yeah. One thing I'd like to throw out there uh, to you all is uh, manager of the decade. Mm. And I would like to pitch forward my suggestion, and I would actually say Jurgen Klopp. I mean, he has got to what was it? Three Champions League finals. Within this yeah, decade? Two, three champions. Yeah, because Dortmund. Was Dortmund. About that. I think, you know, you look at Liverpool when he took over and he they had Rodgers. Two Bundesligas with Dortmund as well this decade. Mm-hmm. They had Rodgers and um, Klopp took over and we, we, we listed the signings he made last night and you can only name one bad signing. And who was it? Carriers. Loris Carriers. Yeah, yeah. Just for the fact that he did kind of cost him a European Cup. But other than that, I don't think Klopp's made a bad signing. Yes, Liverpool have spent money to get where they are now, but they've spent it so wisely. Everyone spends money nowadays. Yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it's part of the game now. You've got to spend money. To, it's, it's a pay-to-win game and it's horrible, but you, you've got to do it. So for how he's turned Liverpool into the beast that they are, I would say my suggestion for manager of the decade is Jurgen Klopp. Can't argue with that, to be honest. I mean, I, a, a bit of bias. You know, I love Jurgen Klopp. I'm a Liverpool fan, so to have the calibre of Jurgen Klopp after so so much trash you know we started decade we you know Roy Hodgson I think if there's ever a, a manager made for Liverpool it was Jurgen Klopp like even at his days at Dortmund you, was, you could always see him it's the Liverpool. passion it's the yeah. passion he admits at that working class club that, that was Dortmund and he's coming to this club and it is he evokes so much emotion I mean, what, is, his, what he's made fans. Anfield on European Especially knockout yeah. like that semi-final against Barcelona. No other club would have done to Barcelona what Liverpool did. Especially to have two of your best three attackers, you have Salah and Firmino out for that yeah. semi-final, and to manage to overturn one of the best. Well, they have the best player of all time in their team, Barcelona. 
So as we overturned that three 0 deficit, it was it just it is a tactical. I mean, a lot of people would say Pep Guardiola, or maybe even Brendan Rodgers, at the minute. You know, bring Brendan Rodgers is a, is a very good manager. I mean, he had that very good season at Liverpool. And now he's having this fantastic season. The thing Leicester is with Brendan well. Rodgers, he was a slip away from winning the Premier League title. Thing is with Brendan Rodgers. Uh, I think social media kind of duped everybody into thinking Brendan Rodgers was a really bad manager. Yeah. You know, you've got the, the deluded Brendan Twitter account. <laughs> and everyone everyone got the impression that he was a bit of a clown. He's not. He's a brilliant coach. Very good man manager as well. Uh, and, you know, the job he's done at Leicester. He went up, he went up to Scotland, you know, and everyone thought, you know... Anyone could win the league up there with Celtic. He just did, the way he did it, it was what no one else had ever done up there. No, Rangers didn't get a sniff. And uh, he come back down south and, you know, the, the, look at the job he's doing at Leicester now. Yeah, he Amazing. Was, he's come into to this Leicester side, you know, one that didn't do too well last season. I mean, not, not to the caliber, but they are now. They Currently, they have more points and more wins than what they did. At that uh, when they won the league that year, that was a really weird season though. Like you look, if you pull the table up from that season, it almost doesn't. It looks like something you'd see like on Football Manager. Honestly, yeah. in about twenty years' time, or if you take control of Leicester on FIFA, or something, yeah, you're rebuilding them. Like yeah, absolutely. But no, absolutely not. Like Leicester have been absolutely fantastic this season. Shows the tactical mastermind of of, of Brendan Rodgers. It might be a bit biased here, but I think Pochettino would have been in a, a greater shout if he had. If he had won something under it, it is if he, if he if he won that Champions League, absolutely, I would have given that to Pochettino. But that is, there was so many times during this decade that he should have won. Like the, I still think, not necessarily Leicester season. I think the Chelsea season, the Spurs should have won the league. But a poor, but just a poor period of form in that season cost us a title where we lost Kane and all the followers to injury. Yeah. So yeah. And then. There was obviously two FA Cups we should have won. Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You've we got lost those. two semi. We lost two semi-finals on the patch in the FA Cup, and obviously the final in Madrid that was that could have gone on another day. Could have gone another way. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted where we are at this point. No, I, I think it's a weird game football. Yeah, it's it's it is like you know a lot of politics involved as well. Uh, and and obviously the the influx of transfer markets and stuff. We could go forever on it, but. I mean, you know, you look at start of the decade. If you're saying start of the decade, someone's going to go for two hundred million. It, <laughs> exactly, unthinkable. A twenty-year-old kid is going to be worth twenty. Well, at the start of the decade, million. if I'm right, I'm saying the record transfer was Rubinho to Manchester That's City. Ronaldo, 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 Ronaldo to Madrid. Uh, Madrid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, incoming into oh. England. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Rubinho for Manchester City, thirty-two and a half million. That's like. You know, Liverpool signed Liverpool signed one Alden for that. You get mm-hmm. an nowadays. You just get an average Premier League player for that one. Yeah, like Danny Drinkwater. Yeah. He's a poor player, and Chelsea paid that much for him, and now he's on loan at Burnley. They spat him out again. So, I think if we come back in ten years' time, oh, well, I'm, if I'm, we're still at uni in ten years' time, then something's yeah. gone drastically <laughs> wrong. But if we come back, hypothetically speaking, if we come back in ten years' time, there'll probably be more like moments that you'd never have thought yeah absolutely you know you, like you said we could have Charlton Athletic winning the Premier League exactly <laughs> Charlton Athletic could be signing Kylian Mbappe for 300 million or f- yeah, even 500 million there Coventry could be in the Premier League the first billion pound player could be in 2030 let's you be are. honest 
No, no, <laughs> I'm daring to dream. Come back. We're going to come back in 10 years and Coventry City will have made the Champions League. <laughs> we've won the FA Cup. The average pundits, 520th episode. We're going to we're gonna get that. Yeah. Mark, if you're a betting man and you're listening, or a woman, sorry. <laughs> we don't have a large audience, we let's be honest. We are going to be in the Premier League come the end of the decade. That is a bold prediction. Someone clip that. <laughs> we're clipping that. and if, if The Sky if Blues back. are back on the rise. Oh, my God. And on that bombshell, to quote uh, a famous BBC uh, presenter, uh, we are... We're done. We're done. So, um, Romeo done. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and liking, sharing with your friends, your goldfish, whatever. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Average Pundits on uh, in, uh, at Pundits Average. I get I get confused sometimes. I'm speaking too fast. Uh, at, at Pundits Average on Twitter and at Average Pundits on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, thank you, Alex, for being on. What thank a pleasure! You, Long time on. listener, first time oh, contributor, and brilliant. it's an honour. Thank you for having it's me. It's an honour to have yeah, you. Oh, we'll always have you on, Sam. And you have, we'll always have anyone that wants to come on as well. Please give us a message as well. Uh, we need we need football fans. We need football fans at, at yeah the absolute best. And um, hopefully you guys enjoy our next episode. And it's going to be a Christmas themed episode. So uh, please stay tuned to that. And uh, yeah, we shall see you and speak to you next time.